welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast, your weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And I'm your host, Lupna, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, the one and only... Wintan from Podcast Publishing. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. And we have an amazing guest for you, completely different than any guest we've ever had before, <laughs> because I'm talking about Esther Hoodfolk, and she's a DJ, a 56-year-old DJ. And when you hear what type of music she focuses on, you're going to be excited. So Esther lives in Amsterdam, yet her musical taste transcends generation and geography. Her artist name is DJ Yamudur, which translates into English as your mama. Oh, this is going to be interesting. She used to be a DJ in the 80s, and her music selection is old and new school. Hip-hop, RMA, Afrobeat, okay. and Motown. Ooh, interesting. In 2013, she found herself in a wheelchair with a corset after an operation because of a bone okay. humor. True. in a vertebrae oh that's powerful she got a titanium cage so technically she's kind of a bionic woman and <laughs> a bionic woman ladies and gentlemen oh i know I, I can say that i know a bionic woman it took her about four years to be up and running again wow what a journey and now she is doing what she loves which is being a dj people are enthusiastic about her mixes and choice of music her main goal in life is to be a dj she would love to spin her music all around the world and make people happy with music she cannot think about anything else other than sushi, of course, because she wouldn't be here if she doesn't love sushi. So let's come to the world with music. Welcome, Esther. Thank you. That yeah, is nice quite, having me. Yeah, absolutely. That is quite a story. Yeah, it is, yes. My family just left the building because they know the story. <laughs> they don't hey. want to hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I mean, this is life. We're all at home with our family, so that's bound to be a little bit of background noise. So, Esther, let's dive straight in into some of the most important questions that we ask on our podcast. Yeah. Are you, are you ready for the most important one? Yes, of course. I know it. Yeah, yeah, you know it's coming, you know it's coming. It's great when guests get prepared. So, what's your favorite sushi and why? Oh, I love the tuna. I'm all into tuna. Tuna is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started eating sushi in 2008. And there were some friends of ours. And we had a, a picnic every few weeks. And there was one of them and who always took the tuna with him. And I was the one who ate it. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have to buy it, but he he made it for me. And uh, well, that's how it went. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, the salmon was also, is also very nice, but you can bury me in the tuna. You can wake me up for this. <laughs> yeah. I love you can bury yeah. me in tuna. Is there any specific tuna sushi that you like, or is it tuna in general? Yeah, tuna is. <laughs> So that means sashimi, tuna nigiri, tuna roll. It doesn't really matter as long as there's tuna in it. I, I think the tuna roll is my favorite, but it's all nice. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. lovely. And what makes yeah. this your favorite? What do you love about tuna? Yeah. It's the texture and it's the taste. I, I can't explain it any further. Yeah. Oh, I, I love like that. Most. Yeah. Well, I can resonate with that because tuna is a little bit more firmer than salmon. Salmon has a softer yeah. taste, in my opinion. Uh, mm. And I like tuna more than I like salmon. I like both of them, but I can resonate with, with liking it. It's a little bit of a sturdier bite, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how come you remember that the first time you ate sushi is in 2008? Yeah, because my youngest daughter was in hospital and uh, we had to, uh, for, for quite a long time, and we had to eat the hospital food. And well, there was an, uh, an oppi downstairs, just uh, in the plastic box. That's how it started. <laughs> and yeah, then I discovered the sushi and uh, that's where I was when I had to eat. Yeah. So we didn't have to eat the uh, hospital food, so we had the sushi. Oh. <laughs> That's I, the for, a, for a second, I thought it was hospital sushi. <laughs> hospital sushi, yeah, that could be. <laughs> I, no, but, I don't uh, believe yeah. there is a hospital in the Netherlands that serves sushi, or I would know about it. Yeah, <laughs> we can start one. <laughs> oh, I'll believe, oh. As soon as, as the global pandemic passes us by, we, we definitely could advise them to yeah. offer a little bit more of sushi. But still, Esther, it intrigues me because I can get it that, that you went to a supermarket, which is our big here in the Netherlands. Yeah. And yeah. But what made you choose sushi? Because a lot of people that we talked to had that experience of, but that's raw fish. How can you eat raw fish? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just... It's a law of attraction. It took me by surprise, and that's how it went. Yeah. And when I'm in, and when I'm in that hospital, I always have to go there and take a plastic box with sushi. <laughs> that's, I don't know. Yeah. So it attracts me, the plastic box with sushi at the oppie. <laughs> oh, I love oh. that. I love that. It's fresh sushi, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's okay. Just yeah, yeah, no, this, this supermarket specifically has a sushi corner where they make it yeah, fresh yeah. and then put mm. it in the black in the boxes so you can yeah. buy it. It is fresh and they make it all day long, every day long. So, That's yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. not those that they buy and get in, mm -hmm. into a fact of yeah. what yeah. I'm looking for. But, but my husband doesn't like sushi. So uh, when we go to a sushi restaurant, he wants to have steak. <laughs> oh well fortunately they do serve steak or anything yeah. else they do have a fish and and meat or um yeah. chicken and meat i was gonna say okay cool well i love that you know very specifically how that that sushi journey of yours yeah. started so another important question before we dive more into what your story and why you want to be a dj if you your personality were a sushi what would the ingredients be Tuna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. seaweed. We've got to be very specific. This is a very specific question. So tell us your personality and how that is reflected in sushi and why you chose those. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't know that question. <laughs> well, I'm an extrovert. I'm always talking to people as a nuisance to my family. When we are on the street and I meet someone, they always have to wait for me. And, um, well, I do love people and I, I like to connect. So, well, I don't know. Maybe you know which sushi fits best. But 
Oh, we don't. I don't have a list. To be fair, I just love how people <laughs> answer that question. Uh, it's just it's just one of those funny questions to say. Yeah. If, if you've ever been on social media, people love personality tests, and they get, mm. oh, you're the sage, or you're the warrior, or you're the. And what I use as an analogy, or what we use on the podcast, is sushi and sushi ingredients. So it's mm-hmm. just a way mm-hmm. to describe personality. So one of the things is you said extrovert. What else? Mm-hmm. Describe us your personality. So you're an extrovert. What else? Yeah. Now, well, I love music, of course. So I love the good vibe. I don't really have a morning mood. Well, and I think would it be the word strange? But I think I'm one of a kind. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how it is. Okay. Well, you started to saying that tuna is the ingredient that we say. If we go with tuna, what does that represent in your personality? Well, it's a bit sticky and it's, the texture is nice. That's sticky really, as in like, people keep one. coming back to you. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they love you, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I think Will is right. I mean, you shared that you're an extrovert. You love connecting with people. You do that in the street with strangers. And tuna, it has that stickiness of it and it's firm. So you could be saying that is the that represents your people. Mindedness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the law of attraction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And uh, because of the seaweed just around, it binds the people together. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to ask this question: wasabi, yes or no? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, sometimes a bit, but I like the the saltness of the the brown uh, the soy sauce. The, yeah, the soy, of course, the soy sauce, and uh, yeah, that's what I like most. Just, awesome, just awesome. Bury awesome. me under the soya sauce. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. Well, you're in luck. If Gail were here, she would say you cannot have sushi without wasabi. Yeah, I can imagine the, that. Yeah, she's yeah, the yeah, wasabi yeah. Okay. fan. That's true. Yeah, well, it's true, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's move into you are a DJ. How mm-hmm. did you start your DJ journey? Well, I've been a DJ in the 80s. Then I just spinned records and I... I spent uh, punk in New Wave in a club in uh, Gouda, that's near Rotterdam, and uh, afterwards in the three clubs. Uh, I only had 15 coupons a night, so it was not a real job in a way that you could make a living out of it. And in the 80s, it was really different than nowadays. Well, it is also the, the happy few are the, are the ones who are making money. But I'm on a journey, so <laughs> we'll see. And then I stopped being a DJ and started working in a normal job. Like uh, I've been a television producer and I've been in communications and all that more office-like jobs. Well, I was on festivals, but... And then in 2012, I seemed to have a, a tumor in my back. I had an operation in 2013 and... After the 22-hour operation, I was in a wheelchair, unfortunately. And it took a few months to get out of the wheelchair. And afterwards, a few years to be back in life in general. (laughs) And then, you know, I'm in my 50s. So there are lots of people who think about the midlife crisis, 
coming along. And <laughs> well, I thought, what did I like most? And it's really music. And, you know, when I was in the club or I was always the annoying woman who asks a song. So uh, DJs don't like that, but I did. <laughs> and well, I thought, yeah, what do I like most? So I took some lessons. Well, I took a, a lot of lessons. Now I can be with a USB stick and with my DJ gear. And I think I'm doing okay. And uh, well, it's what I like most. I, I didn't think I would like it that much as I do now. But uh, I'm very happy with it. And I hope to continue as Corona is gone. Then uh, I'll be very happy. Yeah. I love what you said, Esther. I think that that's so important. The message that I get from your story is that it's important to tap into your passions. I mean, it's one of the reasons that this Mm -hmm. podcast Mm -hmm. is alive. It's a combination of two passions, entrepreneurship and sushi. So for yeah. most people, that <laughs> seems like a stupid combination. In my mind, it's absolutely a logical combination. But I think that more people would benefit from knowing what they're passionate about. And it's usually more than one thing. And if you can mm-hmm. really tap into your passion, and even better, if you can make it into your occupation, that is even better. And there's a broad range of opportunities that you can use. And I love that you shared that. It's something that you started with in the 80s. And after that, mm-hmm. that break in the middle of I better get a normal job. Well, yeah, being a, that's, that's be how, a very normal job. Raised, yeah. And more people do that. I mean, I started on a, in a corporate job because that was the path. Everyone would tell mm-hmm. you, you need to go to school, you need to study, and then yeah. get into mm-hmm. a job. There wasn't any other frame. And, and if you don't know anything about any other opportunity, then that is what you do. And during that journey, you discover, but this is not what I really lights me up. This is not what yeah. I love doing. Mm-hmm. And for those of us that are fortunate enough, we get to reconnect with our passion and really start discovering how we can turn that passion into an occupation, which in most cases, absolutely possible to do that. So yeah, I love that you shared that because that's really important. And you didn't let your age stop you. I just love uh, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, I was in a workshop in Rotterdam last year. I was the only woman, I was the eldest. And being serious about it, that's what people think is strange. But I think because it's quite a risk to tell you you want to be a professional DJ. But I thought, well, fuck it. I'll just try it. Why not? And I don't think there's any failure during the journey. Well, I was in the newspaper last year in June in the the NSA. And um, they had this caption, uh, her higher goal is lowlands. And then I got very nervous. But why not? And if I don't succeed at Lowland, let me do another festival or let me just do it. Yeah, I don't think I'll, of course, that's my dream goal. But along the journey, there will be other goals. And last week I was in a big church in Eindhoven. Even in Corona, it was a live stream. It was an art fashion show for people with dementia. And I had been asked to spin there last summer. And uh, at first we thought it would be in a big church with 1,500 people. Now it was in a big church, but with 40 people, but with a live stream. And thousands of people have watched it anyhow. And uh, it was such fun to do. And that's what I like most, just spin around and uh, see what what will come of it. I have a question. 
what's the story behind the name your DJ name? My DJ name? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> in October 2018, I thought I want to be more serious about it. And then I found a workshop at uh, Meervaart Studio that's here in Amsterdam. And that's uh, a club for younger people and maximum age is about 25. But I wanted to go there. So And uh, Ron Simpson, who is an avocado entrepreneur in the Netherlands, well, and he's been uh, MC and, and he was there. And uh, I uh, started an Instagram aga- account just for that. <laughs> just be, uh, be young. And uh, I sent him a message. I said, I want to go there. And he said, well, just join in. I was about 50 at that, uh, three years ago. Oh, yeah, I was 53. So I was the eldest. So I had, they saw me all coming in, this woman in a dress. And <laughs> at 53. And uh, so I talked to uh, Ron Simpson and uh, two other guys. And uh, they asked me, what do you spin? And uh, I said, I spin uh, hip hop. And I, um, I also uh, named a song from a rapper named Boof. It's called uh-huh. Patsenstraf. If you translate it into English, it's macho behavior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so it's a bit about bitches and hoes and, well... It's not really what you think a woman of 53 would spin. And uh, so I saw um, Ron Simpson, uh, was, uh, I saw his eyes going and I saw him thinking and he's really into marketing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he said to me, if you spin that song, I do have a DJ name and that's your mother and your mama. And, and I'm, I'm a mother with three children. And I said, if you take that name, then I will MC an evening with you when you have your mix and I will get you at big festivals. Well, that still has to happen. But And uh, he said, well, just try it and uh, let's do this. But he never thought I would take it seriously. <laughs> he, uh, I, talk, I speak to him uh, once in a while. He said, you are the real personification of DJ your mama. And, <laughs> and he had never thought I will do this. No. So that's nice. Wow, that's an amazing story. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a good name because it really resonates and it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love the name. I think that Thank that you. is so, so spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I follow Ron on, on LinkedIn and I see some of the most amazing thing and he's just broadened his business uh, in another country, I believe. I don't remember yeah. exactly which mm-hmm. one, but... He is really, really good at that thing. So I really love that you took his advice on and just implemented. I think it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. And you're an inspiration yeah. for people all around the world. Did you really tap into their passion and just go for it? I mean, you can start mm. by living your life depending on other people's opinions about who you should be and what you should yeah, be doing. But let's be honest, we are all unique beings, all of us, each and every one of us as mm. we are. And the only thing that we can do is show up as that unique being because then we can provide the best value in the world for whoever is looking for something like that. And I really love that is your thing. I I also love that you use music to make people happy because music is one of the most powerful ways to Mm -hmm. tap into your happiness. Yeah, music is really a great thing. Yeah. So Esther, as we wrap up our time together, my last question for you is, 
if someone is listening, I'm thinking, oh, I, I think I would be interested in becoming a DJ. Or maybe they're thinking, okay, I'm of a certain age or I need to transition because this global pandemic has made me think about what I'm doing with my life. What are some mm -hmm. of the tips on how to get started on their journey? What would you advise them? Now, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, yeah. Uh, next, yeah. To next to making you calling you, what else can you make specific <laughs> advice? How does someone start if they don't? If they think, "Oh my God, I don't want to call the DJ your mama because she's too big for me," what would you tell them? Well, just take some lessons and uh, just go to a DJ. You have DJ schools, or just talk to other DJs and ask him. Uh, because I went to the DJ school in Amsterdam, but I also took lessons with other DJs. And uh, because everybody has his own uh, style, and um, I do have a question. Maybe start before you're ready and just do it. And how it. was it different when you're DJing in the 80s? I when just did records. Just and now, record. like, how does it differ? Third record, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> ah. And now you have to beat mix. With the digital age, you have the yeah. beats per minute. So you put the records, you put the intro to the refrain. And well, when you spin hip hop, it's uh, a bit now fast, but maybe because I'm older. But, <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't scratch or the, uh, because I started to learn that with DJ Abstract, but I don't think that's my thing. I think the choice of music is most important. And just don't clash the numbers. Just beat matching. Did you find it um, challenging when you restarted this DJ career? Challenging, yeah. Now, well, I I found some booklets which I used when I wrote down uh, just to start and to to get to know uh, DJing again. And then I read it. Then I thought, well, I learned a lot because you have to learn the the DJ gear. And at first, when you have these songs, then I could only mix one to another after two minutes, but now I can mix more decent like after a minute so that you're when you're on the dance floor, then you don't have to wait for another number. <laughs> and, and it's not like boom, 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 but it's really neat. <laughs> but you have to learn. Yeah, it took a well, but that's what I say. Um, Lupla knows the word, you know, you have uh, Muke, which is a real other thing than DJ your mama, than your mother. And Muke is more like a scheldwoord. It's now it's more like you're you're older and you're not into things or and I don't want to be DJ Muke, but I want to be DJ your mother. So that's you know what I mean, Dubna? Yeah, no, I th I think it's you can make a distinction between DJ your mama and someone who whenever you have someone who's older Mm -hmm. uh, but they're not into the new thing. So they say, oh, my yeah. God, all of this social media stuff out there, that's nothing. So with her brand, DJ Your Mama is, no, I'm happy to discover all of these new things and try to incorporate it and integrate it into what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So she wants to know, despite the fact that she's older, she's still into all of these new things and attracts the things that you want to do. So you can connect <laughs> with the younger people in the DJ yeah, world. Nice. Yeah, that's what I like most. Yeah. Awesome. Esther, yeah. thank you so very much for joining us on the Entrepreneurship yeah, Club. Thank you. I love, love, love your story. And I think it's so inspirational.
for people to hear about these stories and the diversity of guests that we've had. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. I think it's absolutely awesome. So uh, thank you again for joining us. And for those of you that are watching or listening to this live, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Strategic Club podcast. And we would love to know what has been your biggest insight or takeaway from the conversation with Esther. Do take a moment and share it with us in our Facebook group, The Entrepreneurs Sushi Club. You will find the link to this group in the description with this episode. And if you know anyone that will benefit from listening to this episode or any other episode of the podcast, please do share it with them. And for now, have fun. And we will look forward to hearing you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.